Jazz age living, whole fashion sipping, pizzazz ain't missing, got the fat cats kissing the top. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 40, the big 4-0. We're almost over the hill here, Adam. Sunday Punch podcast back in action here. No guests today, just the originals here. OGs. OGs. Uh, coming to celebrate Father's Day with you, audience. Happy Father's Day, Adam. Yeah, happy Father's Day to you, Sean. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Happy Father's Day to all fathers out there, all including dads. recent dads, Matt Jones. Recent dads. Do we know any others? Uh, no other recent dads. We have we have people who are going to be dads mm-hmm. soon. Tom, Louise, we got some dads forthcoming here, but right now just Matt Jones, I think. Just Matt Jones. Okay. Do you think we have any kids out there? Well, no, I don't think so. Low odds. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to get into specifics. Take it but precautions. It's impossible. We've taken for precautions. <laughs> um, speaking of fathers, let's get into it, brother. I would like to start this episode off with uh, a couple great Father's Day stories mm-hmm. centered around dads. Um, my dad used to uh, take me to movies, but my dad really, really was a movie. He was addicted to movies, Sean, to going to the movie theater. And that can add up on, you know, the old price tag. Absolutely. So around when I was, say, like eight to 10, we would, uh, and that was right when you could print the, the tickets off the internet. Oh, yes. My dad figured a way to take computer paper and that's it and then he would fold it (laughs) he would fold the computer paper and he would walk in with me and he would just wave to the teenager (laughs) that was supposed to rip the ticket and look at it and inspect it he would just say internet to that person (laughs) and then and then we would just walk by and they never asked to see the ticket for anything because they never expected a 50-year-old man to be, be pulling, cheating. Well, at that point in time, that was... Um, Regal? It was... Uh, fuck. It was like 50 movies. It was like a giant <laughs> palace. It was like... I forget what it was called, but... Movico. It was called Movico. Movico. Yeah. And um, so it was like this giant palace in the middle of Boca Raton, Florida. And we would just... And I would say for two straight years, we never paid for a movie. You... You don't expect a 50-year-old dad walking and holding the hand of his of his boys to be up to hijinks like that. Right. But then when there was like a popular movie, you know, we had to up the Mission Impossible stakes here, dude. So when Gladiator came out with Russell Crowe, great movie, um, that was a sold-out show, Ooh. which we didn't buy tickets for. Right. So... We came up, well, no, my dad came up with the idea (laughs) to when the other, when the first movie of Gladiator was releasing, because there was another showing after, it was a sea of people, a sea of people. So to get around that, my dad and I walked backwards through this sea of people. Swam upstream. Right. That way, the people checking tickets to the naked eye, seeing the sea of people, you just see like heads and like bodies. You don't notice that two of them, a 50-year-old man and a nine-year-old child, are walking backwards through this group oh, of people. Oh, you were walking backwards. Yeah, yeah, so people were coming out of the theater. We were walking backwards. I mean, the people walking out must have thought, what is wrong with these two <laughs> these human beings? Two. Are they in tenant? What are they doing? <laughs> 
Are they going backwards? Yeah, we were in Tenet, dude. And uh, we did. We walked in. Uh, well, we moonwalked in, and they were cleaning up. And we were. Just, they just thought, like, we sat down, great seats, right in the middle. They just thought we were really into the credits of Gladiator. Because, like, you know, the movie was ending, and like, we were, like, on, like, the wardrobe people. And we were just <laughs> sitting down. Second sound engineer assistant. <laughs> People are like cleaning popcorn up by our feet, dude. Like, oh no, we're just we want we want one of our friends help make like the design, so we're white to see their name on the credits. Right. So, but <laughs> then ridiculous. it ends, and then people start coming in, and and we went and we saw Gladiator. Face change for right free in. again. Well, see, I mean, the cumulative cost savings that dads have, you know, created in our economy today, it's on the order of billions of dollars. I mean, to oh for sure. I mean, my my dad also super obsessed with movies. To date, he'll you know just like disappear for like t- two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Well, where's dad? I don't know. He said he'd be home for dinner. He'll just go see a movie alone. <laughs> just go. Well, that was my if everyone's busy. Just go see a movie. And I'm I'm sure he he schemed at some point. What I remember though about like cost savings with dad was my dad had this ability to always find the cable company the direct TV package, the phone company that was offering the lowest possible price package, regardless of service quality, and then needle them down yeah. an additional 10%, which was great for, you know, like buying kids sneakers with the savings. Yeah. But when you can't communicate with your child who's lost in town because your phone doesn't work, you know, in his mind, it was like, that's just, that's just, the cost of doing business here. But I remember multiple fights with it, not fights, but, you know, like discussions at our family loud at the kitchen table, yeah. you know, in high school and college, trying to call girls, trying to make plans, trying to arrange things. And the phone just doesn't work. Internet because doesn't work. the plan was so Like we, we lived on, we lived on dial like, up until yeah. like 2014. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually started doing like telemedicine at home. It's like, okay, we have to get high speed internet. Right, right. What's your dad do again? He's a radiologist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We lost some people in the uh, early 90s <laughs> because of your dialogue. Right. But it was totally worth the right. $20. Just f- find a way to save money. That's like mm-hmm. line number one of being a dad. Yeah. And mom. I mean, my mom did the exact same stuff. So, I mean, I mean she didn't go to that extreme. She would never, ever do that. But... um you know, my mom will call up like just just a spot check on Comcast. <laughs> right. Like, what am I paying for? And right. then I would like throw in HBO for like two months. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What do you call you? Like, hey, it looks like my bill's up five dollars. Oh, that's a mistake. You just had to call to renew the yeah. savings. And right. now that you've done that, we can knock twenty dollars off the bill. Exactly. It's like, well, thank you very much. If it wasn't for moms and dads, the evil corporation would win. Exactly. And I'm glad they are that- our first and last line of defense in the household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good dad moments. I'm curious to see what our friends who are becoming dads, what their stories are going to be. Yeah, me too. When did Father's Day actually like become a thing? Because like I was trying to get guests for today's show and people were like, oh, I got fathers. Like back back in my day, you would ignore the father. Yes. It's like Father's Day, shut up. Go to work. Mother's Day, big deal. Of course. Now I think, uh, you know, we've We're, progressed. Well, I, I think as, part, as, as fathers have become a larger part of the child-rearing activities and efforts in the home, probably appropriately so. I'm not really a, 
authority on that. You know, when you have dads who are now spending multiple days a week with like the kangaroo sack on their chest that the baby's like kind of falling <laughs> yeah. out of kind of thing. I mean, they're doing a lot of the work. They deserve a they're day. They're starting to pull some weight. They, we should acknowledge the day. I think that's when it was when dads are getting more involved in childcare versus like yeah, back in the day. How old are you? Yeah, right. We what named grade you are after, you in? We named you after a sandwich. <laughs> right. Now get your brother Reuben. Right. <laughs> 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 that was back in the day. Now they're they're carrying, they're they're coaching, they're doing everything. Coaching games, yeah. Your dad ever do any coaching? Um, in his mind. So <laughs> so my dad, I guess, appropriately realized there had to be some level of separation here between dad and coach. So I played my, my two biggest sports growing up were baseball and basketball. Um, so baseball, I played and loved center field. You'd be out there. In or two in, you see your dad on the bench you know, over in the grandstands, but you're far away. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, dad's not there anymore. Psst. Psst. You look behind the fence in center field, yeah. and there's dad. Oh, he had walked. Shift left. Shift left. He's swinging late. <laughs> you're like, dad, the guy's 12. I've been watching him. He's swinging yeah, late. He's Shift a loser. Left. And he lined me up. Yeah. He would line me up for plays. He's a future drug addict, son. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, you won't be because you're listening to my advice. Shifted me in the outfield. Yeah. So he, he would coach in little ways like that. Um, many hours spent at the baseball park, you know, just taking cuts at the ball. It's always fun when a dad who like is not used to pitching at kids and slow starts throwing pitches to their children mm-hmm. and like he like he, thinks he can you like, beat them a couple times yeah. and you're like way outside. It's, it's just dads trying because to get the fastball. Because he hasn't thrown a, a ball in a while. Ball, 20 years or so. And that's why all those people that go out to the mounds like you're like, how can you not <laughs> understand how to throw a baseball? But I bet you if like we went out, oh. it would look like kind of not like I've seen some bad ones. Like John Wall had a bad one. I think I would be able to at least like throw it straight. It might not hit like the glove, but it wouldn't be embarrassing. You, you, you'll be able to be between the batter's boxes. Um, and then in basketball, my dad was actually, he tried this one time. He tried to figure out a way to like get me wired <laughs> so he could like speak from the stands. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, not well, because at that time we were using like the, those radios that you would use. You know, we had to like find a channel and a sub channel, like as if you were at Disney Park. <laughs> that was their big dad thing. Who's got the walkie talkies, you know, yeah. and, and, and mic you up on the bench. So we would have conversations back and forth. My dad never coached, but one time I was playing football for the Boca Jets. Yo, represent Go Giov- Jets. Giovanni Bernard was on that team. He's on the Bengals now. What's up? I taught him everything he knows, but, um, they would have like like an announcer. They would, like like first and ten, blah blah blah, <laughs> right? And uh they put, you know, I was this is when I got my start in football because they just put me in on defense. Like I had never played defense in my life. Just go grab that guy. And we were up by a lot, right? And uh I, I wanted to be a wide receiver. And I think this launched because ever since that day, like I was then the starting wide receiver on the team. But <laughs> My dad's in the announcer's booth on a blowout game. I say to myself, I go in the game. I don't care what the coverage is. I'm watching this QB's eyes, (laughs) and I'm going for an interception. Yeah, I'm going for a pick. Guy I'm guarding takes off. I don't don't cover him. He takes (laughs) – if the quarterback just would have looked, he would have had an open, like, 40-yard easy touchdown. Quarterback's not looking. He's not looking at him, right? I was in a zone. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it was a man. But then he looks over, and there's a guy doing a cross route. And he just dialed in. I was like, he's going to throw it. And I jumped it. Deion Sanders, like (laughs) – and, dude, I I swear to God, it was, like, slow motion. Like, 
the ball's coming, I, I just reach my hands out. Like my arms don't even feel like they're attached to my body anymore. I catch, I, I intercept, intercept the ball. First play. Take it 65 yards to the house. Go Jets. Meantime, my dad's in the announcer's booth. <laughs> so he's yelling at full volume. Yes, go, run. Don't look behind you. Score the touchdown. Yeah, Adam. This is blasting over yeah, the speakers. Yeah, this is blasting over the speakers. And, uh, well, they never invited him back. <laughs> but I can remember, like, coming out of my, like, you know, zone like my arms like felt like part of my body again. I was, as I was running, I remember hearing like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's doing that. But dude, 65 yards to the house. And then uh, from there on out, starting wide receiver, Chris Carter was the coach. What a talented team. Hey, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, all the way. You know, I, I think that the, the football stories with dads, especially is, is always a blast. My dad, uh, always, always shares the story about how he was, you know, dad's dad stories the optics going back are like you're six nine everybody else is smaller my dad was uh the quarterback for his football team his backup ron jaworski really his backup ron jaworski wow so my dad in what this is in high school this is in high school buffalo um my dad goes down lackawanna high school shoulder injury separates his uh or breaks his collarbone breaks his collarbone yeah um out for the season jaworski goes in starts playing plays well starts getting picked up by college scouts, goes to college, goes to the Eagles, wins a Super Bowl, and now is an announcer on ESPN. Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. Redax retired relatively recently because I haven't seen him in a bit, but grew up down the street playing backyard football with my dad. Now, does your dad think like, man, if I just... Well, that's 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 the question. This is the unknown. Could he have made it to the NFL? So so what, what will be our questions, I wonder? I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of coaching... Is it possible that Coach Bud for the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> could be fired even if they win the NBA championship? No. At this point, no. Y- you got to keep him on. I, I, he, he gets at least one more year. Right. And th- what I would love to know is I would love to know what was said, what the game plan was, you know, going into third quarter, fourth quarter, overtime of last night. But then was that actually executed by the players? Because there's always this question I have about the players just saying, thanks, coach, but no thanks. Like, yeah. we're, we're, we're doing it our way. And, you know, arguably, his, his, his coaching has been lukewarm, I'll call it, for most of the season. Um, but they just have enough talent on that team to push them forward. I think having won the, Western, or the, the Eastern Conference now, excuse me, yeah. he stays. You can't, you can't dump that guy. I think he's so... I would fire him even if they won because they do so many stupid things on the court. Like Charles Barkley said they were the dumbest team he's ever seen, <laughs> and they were up by 20 at a halftime when he made that statement. Yeah. They have so many big guys. Like, what is the plan with Robin Lopez? Right. Right. He's, Why is he standing at the corner three? Guy's never he's in the key. Seven one. No one's guard. Well, you know. Congrats to the Bucks. Let, yeah, I mean, let's first just, and foremost, first and foremost, to Bucks. congrats to the Bucks for winning. Um, you know, beating the Nets. We didn't get to really watch the game last night. We were out, out and about, out but, and about. But we did get to watch, or I at least got to watch the last, uh, you know, minute where KD made that amazing shot. So I don't really know what happened in Game Seven, but all the other games. I don't understand if they, you know, if the Nets don't get injured, 
there's no chance for the Bucks. No chance. Um, yeah, it's 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 also impressive. I mean, we were talking before about how like the the scoring efficiency of the Brooklyn Nets, and I I would have you know I think we probably had enough games within the season either without Kyrie or without James Harden or without Durant to kind of be able to ballpark like what they might have done without one of those elements on the court. Yeah. Um, and I, I still think it would have been more than one eleven what they got last night. Well. James Harden, let's go back to the strategy portion from Coach Bud. James Harden couldn't move. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, so, like the step back move only. Can you imagine the Suns not going straight at James Harden immediately? Yeah, just attacking. Right? Every like, time. If you see someone who can't move... <laughs> And the object of the game is to move around the person in right. front of you. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be trying to switch switch off, get James Harden on you, and just, just make a move? Like, drive, see what he can do. No. Didn't do that. I don't know what happened in la- last night's game. Maybe they did that. But why did it take so long? Game seven to figure that out. To think Chris Paul would have gone after James Harden. <laughs> Every, every time, time. Trey Young would have gone oh. after James Harden every Nasty. time because Absolutely. they don't have like like was it just like respect like hey you know that get it. that's not fair no <laughs> to go at James no. Harden so it's like what is Coach Bud doing? Well, this is why Charles Barkley makes the statements, and he looks like he just left Margaritaville. <laughs> by the way, the guy has like scruff. His I hair know. is disheveled. Remember when it looks like you just like walked out, like you know, wasting away again in Margaritaville. Oh wait, there's a game. Uh, I guess I'll coach. Let me put my parrot hat down and get back after it. Well, it is. I mean, I, I remember like I don't know when this really changed, but I feel like a lot of the older coaches still do this, like suit tie you're clean shaved your foot like I, I like that about basketball in football you got to have like the headset you got yeah. like you know bill belichick and his cut off hoodie i mean you're out there you're in the elements but you're in this air-conditioned beautiful building coaching a multi-billion dollar franchise mm-hmm. or, or whatever it happens to be like look the part try to i, I don't it, know and, and it's spreading sean yeah. because the utah fewer fewer. jazz coach yeah. looks like he just got off a cocaine <laughs> bender <what> <laughs> That guy's like, it starts off greasy. It's in a high turtleneck. Like, he's oh, got like d- he's dark circles under his eyes. He's like leaving Las Vegas, Nicolas Cage style. I'm like, how are they? Speaking of, there's another coach. Like, is he going to stay around? Like Utah. Not to jump around here, but. Yeah. Utah. That was another night we were out Friday night. Donovan Mitchell, you you were too busy chugging a, a Miller Lite at that point. That but sounds about right. I was <laughs> I was watching the game because I'm a you know I'm dedicated to the cast. Sean, <laughs> a hot girl came up. I was like, I'm watching the Jazz. Could you miss? Wait for five minutes. Donovan Mitchell is on the ground, openly saying, "I I can't get up. I can't get up." And and this is a guy. Two games ago, I was like superstar. Yeah. Now I'm like, a superstar doesn't do that. You don't reveal to the other team, first, that you're hurt. Second, that you're throwing the white flag up. Yeah. The game was still in reach. Where's what are the, you doing? Where's the killer instinct? What are and you doing? And it's crazy because he'll have it when he slashes to the hoop. I mean, the guy takes risks. He gets in there. He gets nailed. But you're right. At that point, like the, the mental warfare has to play a role here. 
I mean, even LeBron knows to wait till after the game to make your excuses. Exactly. Come exactly. on, bro. <laughs> no, but the uh, yeah, I think you're you're you're, you're going to see no change in the coaching staff for Milwaukee. You did see, um, and I, I like this point just to dovetail off of your LeBron comment. You did see the Los Angeles Lakers fire their head trainer. I did see that, <laughs> which just plays that. in perfectly to the whole which is like kind plot of line. Like, I guess you have to do it. Right, because there's so many injuries, but it's like, I mean, Anthony Davis has to have his own training team too. That's just it. Each of these guys have their own people. I don't really know like how much, like you have to have one to say you have one, but I don't know that they're really influencing that much day to day for these injuries. But anyways. you want to talk LeBron, dude? Because I do want to <laughs> jump into that real quick. Sure, take us there. Of course, he's of course he's got a tweet. <laughs> Attention's not on LeBron right now. Space Jam doesn't come out for a couple weeks. Right, so. mid uh, mid July, right? Who cares? Anyways, <laughs> he's got a tweet. And this is why we should have not started the season when we did. People pay to watch their favorite players uh, play the game. You know, and now now it's just not, you know, it's another LeBron excuse, a veiled, he, he's doing better now. It's a veiled excuse using others as pawns to d- describe a way why you lost LeBron. You want me to read it? Yeah. All right, here's the quote. This is uh, June 16th. We have uh, three posts on the thread. Quote, they didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure rim rest, rest before starting back up. Eight, comma, possibly nine all-stars has missed playoff games, most in league history. Mm-hmm. This is the best time of year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our fave players, it's insane. If there's one person that know about the body and how it works all year round, it's me. Right. I speak for the health of all our players, and I hate to see so many injuries. I do too, LeBron, uh, this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all your fave guys right now. Okay, let me explain. Blessings, crown. Let me explain why that's like a completely reckless thing for him to say. I agree with him, but it was agreed upon by the league and the Players Association because not everyone is LeBron James and gets paid hundreds of millions of dollars off the court, okay? Right. 95% of the NBA wants their paycheck, LeBron. And so that's why you agreed to it. What do you want businesses to just openly lose money? That's not how anything works and you know it, which is why that tweet is like a complete insane, it's a PR stunt, it's a PR stunt. And the LeBron media mafia will take that and they'll be like, great job, (laughs) LeBron, good call, obviously. You know who also got injured and won? Kawhi Leonard went down and yet the Clippers won. So what's up, dude? Yep. You couldn't do that. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, you well, could. You couldn't do that versus the Phoenix Suns. You, so, so now the veiled excuse Adam, is that the Phoenix th- Adam, that you only lost to the Phoenix Suns because Anthony Davis went no, down. You, what the fuck is Paul George's excuse? You keep, no, playoff P, <laughs> and we make fun of him all the time. <laughs> At least he went out 
and still said, fuck it. Kawhi's not on the team. I am still going to win gonna make this it series. Right. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. But you keep forgetting LeBron, he'll never be the same. Well, he's never going to be 100% again. He can't again. be 100% again. So this, this is his opportunity to say, meet me where I am rather than like acknowledge that I'm not going to be able to keep playing at this level. And, and you know what? Credit to the Clippers. Because oh, yeah. Talk about a team filled with... Talk like, about next guy up. Right. Talk about next guy up on the I mean, team. they look dead against the Jazz. Yeah. Like, down 2-0, Donovan Mitchell's a superstar. You're dead. But then, you know, they, they played small ball. They went and they said, wait, you have a 7-foot-1 guy who cannot guard us yeah. when we play small. When we slash and play small. So then it, it's like... What do you do with Rudy Gobert now? <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, are you just going to keep playing this same, the same movie over and over again if you're the Jazz? I don't care how much cocaine's in the locker room, dude. <laughs> you're going to need to figure out the Rudy Gobert issue because if, you, if people play small, he cannot hurt you offensively. Yeah. yeah. Enough to make up for the defensive lack thereof. Mm -hmm. They switch off. Rudy is in no man's land. He doesn't know what to do. And that's why they won the series. Well, it's, it's almost like, you know, he, and again, credit where credit's due, like Rudy Gobert defending two times sequential defensive player of the year, right? Yeah. But regular I, season. Regular season. And, but I, th I think that what teams are doing is they go, well, this is what Rudy's doing. We have to find our biggest guy, put him up against him and like, you know, kind of fight fire with fire. Mm -hmm. And the teams that have been the most successful on him looking back are the ones that said, we're just going to avoid you. We're, we're, we're just going to like not step we on. We know your strengths. Yeah. But we also know your weaknesses. And we're just going to, that's, we're going to put our efforts and put our yeah. energy. And that's what the Clippers did. And I think, I think that is reflective of good coaching to make mm -hmm. a contrast to what maybe the Bucks were doing. You know, I fuck with Ty Lue a lot, but he does make the changes. He's the, he's the opposite of coach Bud. Yes. He's he like, wait, what's not working? Okay, well, if we're going to go down, I'm at least going to adjust and, and try something. Or try something I'm going to try something different. Right. right. I, I have to do something new. Whereas Coach Bud's like, oh, no, we're going to still keep Robin Lopez at the three-point line, and uh, and Giannis is going to take threes because uh, I'm not going to tell him not to. It is kind of bonkers. I mean, Robin Lopez was, the last 10 games, 20% from beyond the arc. He went three for four last night. Fine. It's not like he shot a bajillion, you know, field goals, but he hit his shots. And I think the dangerous thing with a guy like that is, you know, percentages are percentages for a reason. And you streak three in a row out of four and you go, I'm, I'm lit from the arc. Yeah. Then he'll go into his next game and just go, I can shoot this all and day. And you can't count on but it. But the reality is his, his longer term average is 20% from beyond the arc. Look, if the Nets don't get injured, they win that series. So is this the best chance that the Bucks have at ever winning a title. Because I feel like they're pretty locked into this roster for the foreseeable future. I think I think the the harder question, I, I think to answer that question, we have to answer what is the East going to look like in the next three years? Mm -hmm. and well, the Nets are going to be the Nets, right? The, so the Nets what, the Nets. are you going to bank on them getting injured every year? Who knows? So, so that, that, that's where we go with this. It's like, you know, is team chemistry going to hold or is there going to be some, you know, blame game finger pointing at the end of this season now amongst the Nets? Um, what happens with the Knicks? Because they're getting stronger and more right. powerful. You know, and, and by the way, and rumbling, rumblings and rumblings. Well, let's get, oh. just let me interject. For no, please. Because I'll forget. Rumblings out of uh, New Orleans. Orleans. No. Zion. 
might want out. Might might I've I've been hearing Nick's rumors. Really? Yeah, rumor mill. But anyway, back to your back to your point. So back to your point. If the Knicks get you know one more piece, who knows? Would that that would reunite R.J. Barrett and Zion? Yeah, Duke, Duke yes, Bros. It would. Right? They yes, would, it would love that. Yes, they would. would love that. I yes, bet. Yes, it would. That'd be amazing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think the question is, what does the East look like in the next few years? And I don't see a ton of shaking up happening amongst those teams. I I, I feel like you're going to have. In the West, the Clippers and Phoenix for a while, uh, especially if I, well, we'll see how the series goes. But I, I'm, I think LA should be worried. I don't really think LA is gonna. I, I don't see a lot of these guys coming back from their injuries 100. percent Even though we joke about it, like I worry AD is on a slow decline. I really do. Well, he's a he's a big guy, right? And yeah. history will tell you that big guys they just they don't hold up over time. Yeah. Okay, here's a good question. And AD can shoot threes. Like he has like, yeah. a convertible game, but. It's 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 just different than like a Donovan Mitchell playing a guard position or playing the three versus like AD playing the three, right? And Donovan Here, plays like the two or the one. Here's a good question: Would you rather have Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young for the next ten years, or Joel Embiid? Say that again. Oh, like pick one. To your okay, yeah. Starting a franchise again, right? Pick who you start with. Do you choose John Donovan Mitchell, like you know, small guard distributor, Trey Young, or Joel Embiid? I, I, this might be controversial. I, I want Trey Young over Joel. I do. I do. I, I think because what what I like about him is he's just a guy who has consistently shown he. End of game, put me in. I'll do what I have to do. Like I, th- I think locker room presence is great for him. I think it's consistent. Not that Joel's isn't, but I, j- I just like his attitude more. And I think he rallies guys around him a little bit better. He's got more of that. We've talked about this before. He embraces that villain role, I think, a little bit better. Joel's a great troll, yeah. and that's fine. But I think that's that's more his thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Trey's like mental warfare on the court. Let's go. And I, and, and I like his play style a lot. I think... Same question. And while I'm doing this, could you grab me a beer? Yeah. I think I would go with Joel because I think that big look, guy. I like, you know, it's I like the big guys. But I think um all he needs to be completely dominant and for them to easily win the championship without the Nets in this year is a is a point guard that can shoot the ball. Look how dominant they are right now with Ben Simmons. Right? That is a great point. Ben Ben Simmons really has not panned out. The way he is, you know what it the is. The way they wanted him. He to. is the opposite of Trey Young, where Trey Young was, oh, this guy sucks. Coming like like this won't translate. Coming out from Oklahoma. Yeah, right. Everyone's like, oh, never gonna work. Never gonna work, right? And Trey Young has just been like eating that up, like working hard. Whereas Ben Simmons has been getting, you know, praise. Given the world. Yeah, from from when he was LSU. So I feel like he just hasn't worked on his game. He's like, it's there. It's just got to come through. Versus Trey's like, put me in the gym late at night. Mm-hmm. Put me in the gym. Let's go. Yeah, I, and then not to say Ben Simmons, I'm sure, is doing those things. But yeah, the the mindset you enter a team with or start a franchise with, I think, is is, is critical. And I, th- I think Joel, you know, trust the process is at that point where he would have been my, my number two pick amongst the options you provided. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I think you're right. That is what the 76ers need next is like a, a real dominant, like, you know, point guard. Like, like if you put CP3 on the 76ers, mm-hmm. like that would just be absolutely lethal, right? You think they're kicking themselves for not making the James Harden, Ben Simmons swap? I mean, James I don't Harden know. just got injured, but like, let's yeah. say James Harden wasn't injured and you just swapped that James Harden, Joel. I don't know because I, I, I maybe I read too much of these guys' personalities, and it's a, it's a business decision, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that they're thinking that right now. I think they're actually looking at the Nets not coming out and saying like, okay, like we're vindicated at this point. But had they made it through, it's a good point. I, um, I, I can't answer that one. I don't know. Ben Simmons is dominant athletically, but then in the fourth quarter, you won't find him. Correct. You can't make a free throw. Correct. You can't make a free throw, dude. <laughs> what would be the equivalent of like a regular everyday working person with with Ben Simmons? I want I want the relationship to be oh, yeah, I got Ben it. Simmons is to missing free throws. Yeah. As like, you and I like f- consistently failing to link an attachment to an email. <laughs> it's like that bad. The guy who's like, see attachment, and there's no attachment 75% and, and, of the time. <laughs> that's, that's the equivalent. That is the exact equivalent. <laughs> it's like something you should definitely so be pathetic. good at it. And, and you're allowed, it's not like you're allowed to forget that every once in a while, but mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, half the week you're like, there's not going to be an attachment on this, and I know it. Right. You're Ben Simmons. And it's like, it's mental. It's all mental. Right. It's a problem. It's not like you're in a rush. You have time. Yeah. The rules haven't changed. The concept is pretty straightforward. And like, no matter what happens today with the Atlanta Hawks and 76ers, I never feel comfortable watching this. If I'm a 76ers fan, we could be up by 40 and I'd be like, I don't know, man. The fourth quarter is right around the corner here because they have a bunch of guys on their team that are like, you can just tell watching. You're like, you're looking at Ben Simmons, you're looking at Tobias Harris, and you're like, you're just like trying not to lose yeah. right now. It's, it's and a, Doc Rivers yeah. actually has a, a little history of choking it away too. Remember, he was up 3-1 when he had the alien Chris Paul in the Clippers, yes. and they lost to Houston when James Harden was basically Donovan oh, Mitchell's yeah. like waving the white flag. I forgot Chris Paul played in the, Yeah, wow. So it's like they got a couple guys on that team where it's like, <laughs> oh, this isn't good. And who knows what's going to happen today in Philly, but I, I do. That, I, that series should not have gone seven games. In my opinion, Philly is a better team. I, I, I worry that the, the, the mentality equivalent is I remember watching, you know, my, my lovable Buffalo Bills. And it's like, the, but the Bills will get up a touchdown in like third quarter and just go into a prevent defense for like yeah. the next like, you know, quarter and a half of the yeah. game. And it's like, no, you stay on the attack. Like you got to still throw blitz packages at him, all this kind of stuff. But uh, I, I worry that Ben Simmons is one of those guys. They go, they're up eight points. They go, okay, prevent defense. Like, like prevent, just control the damage. And then when the Hawks just attack, they get two quick threes and a foul and then they're right back in it. Right. I mean, if they... I don't want to like you know date the episode here because it's going to happen today. But I mean, if they lose to the Hawks, like you got to do something. You got to do something. I think so. You I mean, can't fire the old coach again, <laughs> right? Right. And it's, You're fired again, sir. 
And it's not like the world <laughs> isn't feeling this, right? Like the, the matchup predictor is 72% Philly, 28% Atlanta. Uh, Philly's giving six and a half. Yeah. You know, it's like people are kind of saying like, if you blow this, like we're, we're going to be a pretty big letdown here. Right. You want to do the, um, let's move on. I'm done. I'm done with Ben Simmons. We'll watch it. We'll see how it plays out. Well, let's, let's, you know, we got a comment on how I like to change my NBA predictions every uh, so often. So let's do it again. Let's do it one more time. Um, who are you going with now? Now that we've narrowed it down. Who's in the championship? Yeah. I, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be, it'll be Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. Phoenix over LA. Well, Kawhi's out. I mean, who knows what the injury is. I'm going to go Phoenix <clears throat> and Milwaukee. Me too. Phoenix, Milwaukee. And I got Phoenix winning. And that which I, would make me very happy. And I, well, I'm going back to my original <laughs> prediction. Well, good coaches adjust as new details become available. Absolutely. Good betters adjust think, as well. I think it'll be a nice little swan song for Chris Paul. Yeah. I, I, just, I Maybe I'm choosing with my heart, not my head here, but I really want to see him have that. I think – I don't think it's heart. I think they're clearly the best basketball team. Just, just movement-wise, like mm-hmm. – they got the veteran leader in Chris Paul. You got Devin Booger who can put up fifty. Who you know every so often, DeAndre Ayton works his ass off. Like you know, say what you want about whether you should have taken Luca, right? Sure. But um, and their role players are good. I th- they I think, can hit a shot. And I, I think if you if you control for talent, which we can't really do, but let's let's call the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns equal in talent. I, I think what wins those series is, is basketball IQ. And from what we've seen, the basketball IQ in Phoenix is off the charts. Yeah. And with Milwaukee Bucks coaching through, right. it's just not there. It's and just so, not there. And so I, I think basketball IQ wins that series. It's, it's kind of like, you know, watching, I remember watching uh, the Spurs mm-hmm. play like their, you know, big championship runs. And the basketball IQ of that team was just so freaking high. Yeah. I mean, similar I mean, for me. It was outrageously high. You know, I brought up Luca right then. <clears throat> Rick Carlisle stepped down as coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like rumors that there's like some sort of something in the wind, something going in the wind. on oh. in in Dallas. Players, is, coaches, or ownership coaches? Where's the fissure? Well, obviously, it was something to do with the coach because like Rick Carlisle, like who I consider a very good coach, stepped down, and I think Luca had maybe had something to do with it. Mm. Is Luca a diva? And we don't give them any any grief for it. There, there are moments. So I, I, I don't know what he's up to in his free time enough. I don't even know if he has a Twitter. He, I'm sure he does. Um, I don't know either. I there's there are moments on the court where I think he's more diva esque, but he's not someone who I see like whining to the refs a lot about fouls as much. You know, really? I mean, okay, in in the in the playoffs, fine. Yeah, but. Like, throughout the league, consistently, I don't see that. When it's like, if I don't complain, like, maybe we lose a game here in the playoffs, that's one thing. But during the regular season, I just don't feel like he's that high on the radar for me in that regard. I got to disagree because Chris will murder me if I don't do this. But I think Luca complains all the time really? to the refs. Yeah, really? he is, like, major complain. But I think we give him a pass because he's so good at basketball. And it's like... If anyone else, if LeBron was doing this shit, which he does, but if, Le, you know, and, and and I haven't given LeBron a pass, right? So LeBron got 
coach is fired and yeah. uh, complains all the time and is a major flopper. So I think I have to start, even though I love Luca, I just I give him a pass a little bit because he's 22. We, we forget he's 22. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's a good point. So I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Skip Bayless would agree with you. You, you, <laughs> you know who's you, you know who's a baller and is not a diva? Dame. Dame, yeah. Like, I don't know. Again, I think we talked about this on another episode. I don't know what the situation is there. I, I guess they're just like in like purgatory forever guy in, loves in Portland. Portland. What are the best coaching jobs open right now? Can we look up like a list of... I'll check it out. Can you look up a list of the open NBA coaching jobs? Because I feel like... Is it time to apply? Portland <laughs> would be like not a good place at all to be a coach. I guess Boston would be a great place. Brad Stevens moved up to GM in Boston from head coach to GM, right? And you oh. got Jason Tatum, you got Jalen Brown. You could start, they're young, you know. If you're a coach, you, you, you're you probably targeting Boston as like the destination to go. All right, so this is a ESPN article, uh, the six NBA head coaching jobs available. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers. Again, I think that's like purgatory. Why would you ever want to go to purgatory? Oh, shit. It's an ESPN. Send me to hell or heaven. <laughs> I don't want to go to purgatory. Uh, you called Mavs already. Right. That would be it. Okay. Never mind. I'm going with Mavs just because Luca. But again, if he's a diva, might be a problem. Might be a problem. Um, who do you, if you have a diva, you got you to gotta bring in like someone who can tell him to shut the fuck up. I, I, I think there are two ways to go about it. I think you either embrace the diva or you try to like fill him or, or surround him with someone who's going to tell him to shut up. And I Should you nip this in the bud now that he's 22? Or, I mean, if you keep giving in to him. If there is rift between who the player is and who the coaches are, and then there was movement of coaches because of what players said, I don't think you go back to that player and say, now stop behaving this way. Right. You know, like, you complained, you got ice cream at the fair, don't complain again. The kid just goes, I just keep whining and I'll keep getting ice cream. Right. You know, so I, I think, think there's a conditioning that's happening here and I worry that actually the, the counterfactual will prove correct. Right. Okay, so that's not a bad... I, I would like to go there, actually, if I was a coach. Okay. Uh, so we said Portland, uh, Orlando... You would love to go oh, to Orlando. Yeah, dude, Orlando's the team like you're trying to like hit on a girl at a bar and you're like, I'm an NBA head coach. And she's like, where? And you're like, I was hoping you wouldn't ask the follow-up question. <laughs> Isn't NBA head coach enough? And then like you say Orlando and she like starts talking like, to like oh, the, God. the new Dallas you coach. You gotta be kidding me, right? <laughs> right. I got money. <laughs> you got honey, baby. Uh, Indiana? Whatever. <laughs> uh, and then New Orleans, I think. New Orleans, yeah. I don't know. New Orleans is like the 10th like team in, in New Orleans. That's true. <laughs> like, LSU is like the team. The team. Yeah, they really follows. Well, no one cares about New Orleans Pelicans in oh, New here's, Orleans. Oh, here's a good uh, Washington. The Wizards? The Wizards. That would be interesting. Okay. Yeah, be a fun place be a to coach. One. Although I feel like again you're on like the downslope there because like you feel like Bradley Beal kind of wants to get out and come to the Chicago Bulls. That would be Billy amazing. Ball. That would be amazing. Where would you want to go out of those teams to coach? Yeah, Orlando. Orlando, <laughs> no expectations. <laughs> Orlando, no expectations. I'd coach there. I'd coach Boston. 
Boston would be the most fun. Most high stakes, but most fun. It'd be brutal if you lost. In Florida, you're just like, oh, we made the playoffs? Cool, we'll go to a game. Right, right, right. Well, I think that kind of reveals both of our personality traits. Sean wants the easy. <laughs> I get to go to the beach after practice. Are there beaches in Orlando? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Take I-4 over to safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, what else we got to go here? Oh, dude. Speaking of um, speaking of nothing, I'm just going to transition. Did you know that uh, 15 years ago, Spike TV <laughs> launched Pros vs. Joes, which is the ultimate Chris Hull TV show? <laughs> I remember. I remember like seeing this. I can't say I watch it fairly frequently, but the concept was what you would take like uh, a dad. Usually a dad, right? So like, or yeah, like, I, imagine like your dad on like on the couch being like, "Oh, come, like I, I can make that. I could have done that, right?" And then someone busts in the door and goes, "Let's see if you can." Yeah, right. And it was like Herschel Walker, like um, Bill Romanowski. <laughs> it was like you're getting tackled by Bill Romanowski. <laughs> Could that show be made today? Uh, yeah, I think so. You think so? With so, so much of the crap we have on right now, are you kidding? Absolutely. I mean, The Bachelor's in like its 19th season. Of course we can sell pro Who would shows. You, you're a swimmer. Who would you want to swim against? Uh, or would you? Or, or would you want to subject yourself to that kind of humiliation? The the swimming thing is tough because it's just, I mean, those guys are so freaking conditioned. If you could give me someone who was like kind of aging out, yeah. I might take it. Ryan Lochte. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Lochte and the gold teeth. Uh Nathan Adrian uh, had a terrible trials this year, so maybe I'd swim against him. Uh, one of those guys. It, it would be a disaster still, <laughs> but it'd be, it'd be, be like, like... It'd be some fun. I, I was in his draft most of the time, so yeah. I felt like I was close enough. Some of the challenges they had were so bizarre, though. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't like a, race. It was it, like, John Rocker is throwing at the mound. You have to charge the mound and <laughs> right. try and tackle John Rocker. <laughs> I could have brought down that quarterback or that uh, pitcher, excuse me. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I that, do remember the watching Herschel Walker completely destroy human beings. Like they're like, oh yeah, go tackle Herschel Walker. Back then, 15 years ago. Can you imagine? He was just in the UFC like five years ago. I he does like 4,000 push-ups a day that still. Would, and disastrously. Oh, my gosh. We, we don't realize how superhuman these guys are. No. That are pro, well, I, or, or at least the, the Joes that are going into it. They're like, yeah, I still got it. It's totally different. <laughs> the funny thing is Chris would be like, I could, I could beat. No, I could. I could run a 40. With, I could run a 4 three forty. With with, with, the, with two months of training, I could run a 4 three forty. Right. What was the one Chris said he could beat Usain Bolt? It, I was like, if Usain Bolt started at the er, – oh. no, if Chris started the 50-yard line and Usain Bolt was at the 100, <laughs> I still think Usain Bolt wins. And I think 100%. we like mathematically figured out that it was impossible actually for Usain Bolt to win. But I still take Usain Bolt. I think Chris blows out like Chris, his hamstring. Chris blows like his uh, yeah, his Achilles out or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Just I think effort. he pulls a James Harden like halfway in the run. He's too nervous. I'd watch it though. I would watch I it. I would absolutely watch it. I'd like this TV. to get this launched back up again. I'd like to watch some more. What a great way to celebrate Father's Day. Get a bunch of dads back out there injuring themselves yeah. doing sporting events. Dude, I hope I don't get – well, I have gotten to this point. Like my shoulder broke down. Like I remember – on like Thanksgiving Day, we like tried to play football again, and this is when I was like twenty four. Oh yeah, and it was like m me versus like my brothers and like you know uh, my brother's wives, dads and stuff. Blah blah. blah. Dude, 
I'm out there running like a gazelle, feeling good. After the game, all of the older guys, like, it looked like they had just been, like, to World <laughs> War II. <laughs> they're, like, on the couch, like, like they're, like, give me, like, 18 uh, Advil. I, totally I, I need something to, like, take the pain away. I was like, damn, this is what happens when you don't work out for, like, 10 years and then try and, like, start... And it was like touch. It was like touch football. Right. It's all like the the cutting and like like backpedaling. Like who backpedals ever? But then when you're covering you at wide receiver and a dad's trying to backpedal, like those muscles haven't functioned in 20 yeah, years. In forever. <laughs> Other than the lame pumps you're putting into your wife. <laughs> Welcome. Um, so. <laughs> that one got me. Um, <clears throat> all right. I, you know what? Sean, do you got any other subjects here? Uh, there wasn't much to talk about for me this week. I just want to say uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad that we're enjoying summer. We got a couple fun things coming up um, for our audience. We're going to be doing probably an outdoor cast here in the near future, which yeah, we're excited about. Yeah, I need to offer the, I need to order those mics. I do want to say one more story before we react to Bo Burnham. I'll start getting pulled up, go. On Pros vs. Joes, they had this hockey player on. And uh, one of the stories was the producer was like sitting there smoking with him. And like these guys got paid like 40 grand to like just show up and do this with the Joes, the pros did. <laughs> and the, the one hockey guy was like, you know, they tried to fly me first class, but I changed the coach. That's $200 in my pocket, <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> and the guy was like, cool, dude. It's like, we were paying for it. But it was like, you just got paid 40 grand and you <laughs> are like very happy that you, again, getting back to the dad thing. Total dad like, move. Oh, I, I still was able to save 200 bucks. Absolute dad move. That's an absolute right. dad move. And I think that's a good button for the uh, end of the episode here. So moving forward, we're going to react to a new Netflix special came out, Bo, Burn, Bo Burnham. Um, and this is called Welcome to the Internet. Well, I'm getting this pulled up. Who who is Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham, you know, I don't really know the history there. I remember watching him when I was in, like, uh, like senior year of high school. He was in college at the time. And uh, I just remember he was, like, super funny. I think he went to Harvard. Mm -hmm. Let me bring this up. Super, super smart guy. Um, But I remember he, like, does music um, and kind of, like, well, it's all comedy, but I think he's like progressed to like some more introspective stuff. And uh, I've watched a few of his specials, and I've always been impressed. You know, it's not it's not a normal comedy act. Um, it's a lot of production that goes into it. And this new special uh, called Inside, I, he filmed it, I believe, during the pandemic. It's just him in his room. Uh, doing a comedy special in front of no audience. So that's uh, there we go. You wanna? We're, we're good. Okay. Can you pause it? Let's start over. All right, we're gonna start this over. Come to the internet. Come and take a seat. Would you like to see them? Welcome. Okay, so. Going into this, it's called Welcome to the Internet. And uh, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun with it. Yeah. Clean mic, dirty mic. To the internet. 
ever look around. Anything that brain of yours can think of can be found. We've got mountains of content, some better, some worse. If none of it's of interest to you, you'd be the first. Welcome to the internet, come and take a seat. Would you like to see the news or any famous women's feet? There's no need to panic, this isn't a test. <laughs> Just nod or shake your head and we'll do the rest. Welcome to the internet, what would you prefer? Would you like to fight for civil rights or tweet or racial slur? Be happy, be horny, be bursting with rage. We got a million different ways to engage. Welcome to the internet. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying the Pazuki sort of sounding like build that he's doing with adding instruments. Yeah, and it's got like a, it's got an ominous vibe to it. Very, very tongue in cheek, very ominous. Yeah. I agree. What do you think about uh, the uh, advent of the internet, dude? Oh, it's it's something our human minds are are not created for. Like we can understand so much more of the world. Like I think there were enough things along the way that we could kind of adjust with time as humans to what we were inventing. The internet destroyed that, totally yeah. changed it, totally changed it. You know, he's, he's got a very uh, Dr. Strangelove kind yeah. of vibe to him right now. All right. Clean mic? Clean mic. Dirty mic. Dirty mic. Put your cares aside. Here's a tip for straining pasta. It's a nine-year-old who died. We got movies and doctors and fantasy sports and a bunch of colored pencil drawings of all the different characters in Harry Potter fucking each other. Welcome. <laughs> Hold on to your socks, because a random guy just kindly sent you photos of his cock. They are grainy and he just sent you more. Don't act surprised, you know you like it, you whore. See a man by hand and get offended, see a shrink. Show us pictures of your children, let's have what you can. Start a rumor, buy a rumor, send a death threat to a boomer, or DM a girl and groomer, do a zoomer, find a tumor in your ears. A healthy breakfast option, you should kill your mom. Here's my <laughs> fuck you, here's how you can build a bomb. Which Power Ranger are you? Take this quirky quiz. Obama sent the immigrants to vaccinate your kids. Clean Mike. <laughs> that was a great segment. That felt like I was in the internet for a second. Yeah, being like pulled through all the different things. It, I, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. It just goes to show how how it's competing for your attention. Like all these things, the zanier, the more extreme. It's just it's just you're you're something they can pull from. And you deleted social media. I did. Yeah. Great I think that, thing. I think that was a great idea. Great thing. I can't because I need to run Sunday Punch. But <laughs> Thank you for taking yeah, this Yeah, I'm taking, <laughs> taking in the this. dark energy, dude, for you. So, dude, just like all the different, like, like he had like the fun things he could do on the internet, and then he went right into the darkness. Yeah, quick which, cuts. Which you can definitely find. Okay, keep going. Dirty Mike. I interest you in everything all of the time. A little bit of everything all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy and boredom is a Anything and everything, all of the time. Good, I interest you in everything, all of the time. A little bit of everything, all of the time. Apathy's a tragedy, and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything, all of the time. Love, love the change. Love up. the change. You know, it wasn't always like this. Not very long ago, just before your time, right before the towers 
fell circa 99. This was catalogs, travel blogs, a chat room or two. We set our sights and spent our nights waiting for you, you. quick clean like first of all loving this breakdown yeah that scares me though right Are parenting you... now in a i'm not saying for everybody but on father's day since we're thinking about it is like what screen can i put in your hand and it's it's it worries me it's not good to put the entire world into a child's hands agreed and i i don't care what anybody says about parental controls kids are really smart yeah and kids are getting around stuff all the time. I like how he did that where he was like, um, you know, it wasn't always like this. Uh, you know, it was just like travel blogs and blah, blah, blah. A couple chat rooms. Right. And then it was like we were waiting for you to kind of destroy yourself. You know? Yeah. And then once you did that, you know, you, you then passed it along to your kids. I, I, I wonder, is he singing from the perspective of the Internet? I think he's like, singing as, to as me, to me, this is what I'm taking. He's singing as the creator of the internet. Mm -hmm. The architect. Like some sort of like the dark architect. lord. Yeah. yeah. All right. Dirty Mike. Yeah. Did all the things we designed it to do. Now look at you. <sighs> look at you. You. So good. <laughs> Could I interest you in everything all of the time? A bit of everything all of the time. Apathy is a tragedy and boredom is a crime. Anything and everything all of the time. Could I interest you in everything all of the time? That was great. That was good. And that's that's also like lyrical and songwriting, like you said, kind of genius. Yeah. Like that's that that's really good music creation. Apathy is a tragedy, and boredom is a crime. crime. Because I, I you care about every care about all the videos. Get fired up. Get what is it triggered? Get right. triggered. Apathy is a tragedy, and you need constant gratification. Mm-hmm. As we film a podcast and then put it on the internet. <laughs> and beam it to all of you. <laughs> Damn, that kind of like depressed me. I know. But also, 
it's good that we're talking about it. <laughs> it's good that we're talking yeah, about it, though. Know. You know? Because we're, like anything, I think good actors, bad actors, all kind of living in the same ecosystem. Right. The Sunday Punch podcast is a good actor in the internet. And we're going to, so. we're elevating. I think content. so. I think so. I th- you know what? Let's pat ourselves on the back. There we go. Without us, there wouldn't be a throat baby reaction. Right. And really, what would the world be without us reacting to throat baby? Well, it's why he built it for us. And for you. All right. Well, that was that was a uh, that was a good end. Good I think. Podcast, I agree. I Enjoy agree. the internet, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time for episode forty-one. Yes. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh wait. Oh wait a second. <laughs> we go, oh wait. Oh. Caught ourselves. Outro song is Sean Takeover. Cat's Cradle. Cats in the cradle and silver spoon. Great Father's Day song. Yep. Also sad. Let's go out on depressing and sad. Agreed. That, that's kind of like my vibe. Remember to spend time with your kids. Yeah. And create memories like Adam and I have been able to share today about the memories we have of our fathers. Yeah. Don't put them on the iPad. Don't put them on the iPad. Thanks, everyone. Bye. A child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way But there were planes to catch and bills to pay He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for a new it And as he grew, he'd say I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man on the moon When you're coming home, Dad, I don't
You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids are the flu. But it's your nice talking to you, Dad. It's been your nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me he'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man. I don't 